the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Come Together San Diego. Yes, we have another broadcast here and it is a remarkable, amazing topic. And you go, Kaz, everything you say about the show you're on at that given time is remarkable and amazing. Well, yes, but this one is too. And in, in ways that perhaps you've not heard in a long time. Let me use the phrase and then I'm going to introduce you to my co-host and guest for this show. And we'll jump out from there. Yesterday, today, and forever. You know, the scripture is full of phrases like that, yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, A lot of people say, I I don't care about yesterday, that's old, and uh, we want to go into the new and the now. Well, if you look at Scripture, that which Scripture says in uh, Ecclesiastes 1.9, that which was, is, and that which is, is to come. So our wisdom is to glean the best of the things that happened in yesterday and yesteryear and uh, apply those into the now because a lot of people that are living in the now or into the immediate future have no clue about God's history in the past. And we want to take God's history and embrace that and allow him to build on that with us and for us. As a result of that, I thought it would be a good time to bring on a longtime friend of mine. He's with the ministry called the Jesus Gathering. His name is Ron Junkel. Hey, Ron. Hey, how are you, Kaz? Uh, fine, fine, fine. So, my friend, what we're going to do now is we're going to identify some of the things that happened, maybe the 60s and 70s, some things that were going on in a Jesus movement at that time, which was amazing. You know, there's a lot of stuff that probably uh, we should learn our lessons by doing things the wrong way last time, and we'll learn our lessons and do them the righter, righter way this time. But the Jesus movements that were going on in the past, particularly those in Southern California and beyond, um, they carried a lot of dynamics that we can tend to forget about or lose if we don't bring the good stuff with us as we go into the future. And Ron, one of his ministries uh, focuses with the Jesus gathering is bringing unity in the body of Christ, you know, like the unity of the scripture, for example. That's not a bad thing to carry with you, is it? And uh, energizing and activating the youth, basically, of today. And he, they use, obviously, the gospel, but the empowerment and the directive of Holy Spirit, which in some church environments is uh, not really well embraced, or they don't even know to embrace it, but also the power of worship and, and music. So, Ron, I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell a little, very briefly about yourself, and let's jump on in to the, uh, the Jesus movement, and then we'll take steps to reveal this to our listening friend. And my listening friends, many of you who are, you know, uh, been, around, been around in the 60s or 70s, you go, yeah, I remember those things. Where are they today? 
Well, we're here to tell you that they are the good stuff of God is here today and it wants to be built upon as it was in yesteryear as well. So, Ron, I'm going to hand the baton to you to t- kind of give us an overview of you, an overview of the uh, the genesis, if you will, of the Jesus gathering. Ron. Wow. You've summed that up so well, Kaz. Uh, I'm Ron Junkle, and I was uh, born in the spirit in 1966. And as a young guy, um, was saved on a street corner by a guy who came up to our well-to-do neighborhood in Palos Verdes and was willing to share the gospel with a young man who was just coming out of high school. Changed the trajectory of my life altogether. Yes, yes. Was in a band singing, you know, uh, regular old music for the high school, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Just having a good time with life. And this guy tweaked me and turned me all around. I began, he just told me, hey, uh, I'm not asking you to join a church of any kind. I'm just asking you to go and ask God. And so he said, there's probably got to be a, a Bible somewhere in your home. And wherever it is, open it up and start in the New Testament and just begin to read. Yes. And ask the Father if he's real, which is what I did. Uh-huh. Then I began to start getting into the book of Acts. So because I had a little influence from being the singer in the band and, you know, um, kind of the wild cat on, in, in our little <laughs> small, you know, suburban zone, which would, wasn't much, um, I, I began to go out and sp- you know, I saw Jesus like out in a field or a picture in my mind. He's in some meadow somewhere and he's got the group and people are listening and, you know, so on and so forth. And so I found myself just going out into some field. There was lots of open space up there in Palos Verdes at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, people would hear, hey, Ron Junkel got touched in some strange way and he's going to be out in this field talking about God. And so I was out there, didn't know whether he would be coming. People started coming and it was just from there on, just trying to look at the book and yeah, try to figure so out what it says and then try and do it. As a aside, there's plenty of problems with that particular way of approach. You know, you don't have any older people around you. The guy who talked to me did come back ultimately, but there was no real shepherding. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you kind of have to go through that whole, um, except the, the learning curve kind of a deal as well. Um, so there were mistakes made, but it was a journey. Mm-hmm. And um, I hit in 66 right there at the very uh, beginning of the Jesus movement, mm-hmm. which I had no idea that existed, but it was so consistent with the Bible that I'd been reading and trying to figure out how do you do this. Mm-hmm. So everything seemed to be almost, uh, I mean, those of you that are listening to this broadcast and you had something to do with that or have seen even the movie there recently, you know, the Jesus revolution, it was, um, it, it exploded out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And before you know, it was everywhere. Yes. And uh, you could go to some little small town. There was 15 people trying to live together in a little house and call it a coffee shop or a, a Christian house or whatever all over the country and all over the world. So it really was something very spontaneous. You know, one of the things I, I realized that happened back then, too, you know, you had the structured church environment, but these are people that 
either they came out of the church environment because they were um, not pleased uh, with it answering all of their, or their important questions, or they had never been in a church environment mm-hmm. before, but they had the heart cry of God, yes. and they needed a place to go, and all of a sudden, there's somebody with burrs in his socks playing rock and roll music out in a field somewhere, <laughs> and so they're drawn to that, and you, of course, you're going to make mistakes, but mistakes actually are, are uh, the ground upon which God can build from and uh, take you out of mistake-ridden into Holy Spirit-driven. So true. Yeah, we've got to allow the the experience to be more seat of the pants (laughs) as we begin to try and trap it in things that make sure that there's not going to be this situation or that situation. Um, Over my lifetime of all these years, I've followed the Lord since that day of that man talking to me. Um, I have seen far more damage done to the church by our fear of what might happen uh-huh. than what actually <laughs> has ever happened. Yes, that's right. And it's, 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 it's hard to feel like we're, to some degree, culpable. Yeah. And maybe making mistakes is part of the growing anointing. I mean, you, when you make a mistake and Holy Spirit gently nudges you and gently reprimands you, it's, it's better than somebody uh, with a big time gavel over your head when you make mistakes they go never do that again that's right and never bother to try and go back when we have discipline usually it ends up with two different people that never see each other again we divide and we leave one another let's Uh, just say a person finds herself having a, a, a you know some kind of error and or we have some kind of um different opinion Mm -hmm. of one another or a situation that's going down rather than looking at it biblically and trying to say, okay, if we do have some kind of punishment or there is some kind of reprimand um, or adjustment, yeah, whatever it might need to be, that's all in the scriptures. It shows you how to do it. But we also need to be like Paul that when he came back to Corinth that second time, Mm -hmm. he was actively looking for the guy who had been sort of punished in his first uh, round. And so we need to be hungry to to find that unity and help people kind of find our, our, our experience in the body of Christ as one that's, that uh, is oneness with one another. Absolutely. And I, th- I think, you know, and the, uh, the typical church environment, they need the leaders and the people that are in, in that environment and, and the co-leaders and things like that need to really be aware of uh, uh, the, how you deal with people that are innocently making the mistakes rather than hitting them over the head. It's just lead them out of it, and uh, all of a sudden you've yeah. got a pal and a friend for life and instead of having somebody who's at odds with you and trying to hide from you when you're looking in their direction. That's kind of what eldership ends up being, but oh, we've kind it. of limited what eldership is in the church today. Yeah. You know, in a minute or so, we're going to take a break, but I, I, I wanted to tell our listening friends that we're going to be talking about some of the things that de- deal with this Jesus movement that are really tied to biblical things like purity and expectation of Holy Spirit intervention and things like that. So my listening friend, I hope you're enjoying Ron Junkel and I talking about the Jesus gathering, but a lot of this has everything to do with some of the things you've experienced in your past and how God is going to use that for your future And we'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. 
Welcome back, my friends. Come together, San Diego. And the particular topic that we're talking about now is a, a venture that uh, people would have recognized in the 60s and 70s, 60s and 70s, particularly in California and beyond. Uh, this is called the Jesus Gathering. This is really tied to the Jesus movement that was happening in those days. And, you know, um, one of the things that Ron Junkel, my co-host and guest with me on this show, have discussed in the first segment we'll discuss again now is let me use this topic. There's a, such a thing as having baggage and such a thing as having luggage. God wants to take the baggage that we're carrying, which is the bad stuff from our past and the bad stuff against which we've misunderstood the scripture and the directives of the Holy Spirit and getting that out of there, but identifying the good stuff. And that's the luggage you want to carry with you. So Ron, in these, some of the baggage is just, you know, animosity with one another and, you know, somebody making a declarative statement against you and then never seeing you again because they didn't want to talk to you or you not wanting to talk with them. That's baggage stuff. The luggage stuff is learning from what you, what you've, uh, you, uh, have and you you take your baggage and you throw away the dirty laundry and you just go with the clean stuff and that's that's what I would call the luggage uh, and that is really tied to things like purity and the expectations of people and Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit gives you that and Scripture gives you that I'm going to hand the baton to you as you talk about this purity that we're looking to see revisited in these days and also the anticipation and expectation of Holy Spirit intervention in those who are pursuing Scripture. Yes. Um, in Back in the day, from the early uh, or late 60s, early 70s, when the movement was just fresh and, and vibrant, uh, if you've seen the Jesus Revolution movie about what happened in Southern California, mm-hmm. uh, of course, there were things going on all over the world, but we focus yep. mostly there. Um, and it, it was a time in which there were, um, as in that movie, uh, only a few people in each community, a couple of pastors here and there that would embrace these young people because they were so different uh, <laughs> yes, from that were. time. Particularly we were the, out of the 60s. 50s, yeah. You know, and it was a real straight time. People had gone to war and they'd got the short haircuts. And, you know, by the time it was into the late 60s and 70s, it was now long hair and, you know, your Total hippies and Absolutely. all this kind of stuff. And the language was different. Too. Everything was really <laughs> quite different. And I feel bad for my parents and so on. So, uh, yeah. you know, it was a shocker. But it was also hard for the church to understand. And it really was a time in which um, God was doing something fantastic, but it was a little bit stuck in the lens of whoever that older guy was, mm-hmm. whatever his penchant was, whatever his emphasis was, was kind of what that whole group kind of um, ended up kind of rallying around. Um, which really didn't give us the full variety of who God is. It was attempted, kind of with Lottie Frisbee and Chuck Smith. They tried to find that unity, but it was very, very difficult because Mm -hmm. they were so different from one another. And my perspective, especially on what you opened up with here just now in this segment, is the idea that God has created a layer in the church that's called eldership. Yes, we have elders who are on committees or boards or heads of this or that, or sometimes on the other end, elders that are simply doing menial jobs in the church and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Um, whereas the eldership is really to be able to be this parenting kind oh, of thing to these young again. believers. That, that is key. Uh, eldership is not the official 
title and role a person has. It's the uh, the father or uh, mother motherly instinct to yes. nurture. Yes, that's so good. And the young ones really need that. I would have, I could have really used some dose of that when I was up in the meadows, you know, singing my song, kind of a thing. Um, it would have been really helpful, but there was no no place for that. It wasn't a position. It wasn't something you could identify. Yet in Scripture, you know, the letters are, are you know, when they're writing to the, the letters, oftentimes it's just to the people. Mm-hmm. Then to the eldership, and God knows who else. When we send a letter from one church to another, it's unlikely that we're going to uh, address it to the congregation, mm-hmm. you know, because it's really just a family. It's, hey, read this stuff, see what you think, pass it along to others, and so on and so forth. And we're fighting now, of course, there, uh, I don't know how many people don't realize it, but there's a move of God, much like the Jesus movement of the late 60s and early 70s going right on now. right now. Right now. Yep. And we need to be every man on deck here trying to say, what is it we, what were the problems with the Jesus movement? And one of the main ones of observation over all these years was that the prominence of the focus individual and his personality accidentally begins to build a personality cult where people won't go to church to listen to the second guy or the B team or mm-hmm. the third uh-huh. string player. Only if the main man is there, yes. uh, kind of, so to speak. Yeah, no, I understand. And I want to say this with no judgment at all. I'm just trying to say that this is what, what um, life had kind of been up to that point, that that was normal. And uh, in the Jesus movement, it was carried on into that and created... You know, of course, we all know Calvary Chapel, sure. a big, powerful thing. But that accidentally became a teaching extravaganza, you might mm-hmm. say. And the other elements of what others might have brought in, if there was a wider range of people being able to be fathers and mothers in the congregation, um, kind of limited it. And it, uh, I'm finding in this um, new move of God, the wonderful part, and I want to encourage anybody who's here that was a part of anything back in the 60s and 70s, Get involved in what God is doing among these young people because they're hungry yeah. for moms and dads. Yeah. They get the guy coming out of prison, for goodness sakes. He's tatted up to his ears, and he's looking for mom. Yeah, exactly. And let me, let me do an analogy for you, my friends, because the difference between being a legislator or a boss versus a mother and father is distinctly different, although if the mentality in the church environment is for you to be a legislator or to be the boss against which other people hear and they listen and obey versus a parent or parenting, the whole manner of communication and thus even dare I say the word discipline, but godly discipline mm-hmm. is different. I mean, one is uh, driven by love and the other yeah. one is driven by the rules of the institution. Yes. And we've got to get that part out by simply recognizing it, Kaz, by being honest about it sure. and recognize, hey, yes, we see it in the scripture. We don't want to see it as something that uh, gives us a, a sense of, of condemnation. But, uh, but instead, a search into how could we make this better. And uh, we recently had sort of a little graduation time for a bunch of guys where we do this. Um, we, we have this group meeting on Thursdays and uh, the guys in the rehab, they're coming off of crack and all kinds of things. You've got the older people who have never even hardly heard of crack. And you've got these guys that were in prison for it. <laughs> yeah. And they're all mingled in there together. Mm-hmm. And you begin to see the influence in these kids when they came through the line and, and wanted to say, you guys have meant so much to us. This 
this Thursday night meeting is not a Bible study that you're doing for us. You guys love us. And it's really a different experience there. And the older ones who many said, well, I used to be in a church. I used to teach Sunday school. I used to have a a youth group, so on and so forth, are finding a place where those gifts are so active and the people tell you about it. Sure. Oh, man, you have meant so much to me. Thank you so much. Whether it's reading scripture together, sure. I'll take the guys out and we'll hit a, you know, a bucket of balls together or something <laughs> like that, you know, and just hang out. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, one of the terms that you use, you mentioned was the Thursday night meetings. We haven't really discussed that in greater detail, and we'll talk, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but you have, in San Diego County area, you have Thursday night meetings. Briefly, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, we have a uh, a Tuesday night meeting uh, down. You in, say Tuesday, not Thursday. There's a two, no, well, there's a Tuesday night meeting down here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's a Thursday night meeting up in North County, uh, up in, uh, in Vista. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those are both very active meetings that are going on. Um, that if somebody wants to get a taste of it, it's a pretty sweet spot to be able to go in there. But you have to go in there with the eyes of looking at something like the Re- uh, Jesus Revolution movie and mm-hmm. then realizing that's what it's probably going to be like. Don't expect the church there. No, no. It's a wide open <laughs> environment. Well, give a website so people can find more out about that. TheJesusGathering.org TheJesusGathering.org and you'll find out about Tuesday and Thursday evenings in San Diego County. Uh-huh. And, you know, we've got a little bit of time left so uh, because we've got to set up for the next... Uh, next segment. But one of the things we're going to talk about, you know, a a lot of people are cognizant of the times and how they have changed. What was seen back in our early day, we would read scripture and say, oh, those things, uh, they're going to be dangerous when they happen. But right now, those things are not when they happen. It is now they're happening, Mm -hmm. which is making us identify what time we're in. Are we in the beginning or the end, or the beginning of the end. We're going to talk more about that uh, when Ron Junkel and I uh, come right back, because this is uh, an important topic, and this is a, not only a topic that was viable then, it's even more viable now. Ron and I are going to talk more about that and so many other things when we come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Yes, indeed. Welcome back, my friends. Come Together San Diego. I have my longtime friend, Ron Junkel, and he is really tied to a ministry that's remarkable. It's called the Jesus Gathering. It is reflective of the things that were going on in the 60s and 70s that really changed the dynamics of a church environment. In fact, a lot of churches that were going on there, when they had young people coming in, they didn't know what to do with them, and the young people didn't know what to do anyway. And all of a sudden, sometimes it was an opportunity to bring enlarge the church through them. But if you didn't go with God's flow— and you just said, you have to do it our way or it's the highway. A lot of them chose the highway. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was one of them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, this is a learning curve for those who have been in the church environment, but also those who love the Lord who have been out of the church environment. This is a learning curve because God has plans for each one of us. And Ron, in the, in, the, in the last segment, we were talking a little bit about the beginning of the end. And back in the day, you know, I've been a, a Christian for a long time. I've been studying eschatology and looking at things and going, is this that? Is, mm-hmm. is, is 
the, the things in the future right now. And, and I realized that uh, it wasn't quite then. It was probably a springboard into present day times when it really, really, really is in, in more of a now time frame. And you mentioned during the break that a lot, a lot of people thought back then was it, was it. And then mm-hmm. it didn't happen. So you we pr- protracted it into the decades and millennia future. Yes. And in doing so, we uh, we maintained our personal faith. But most of the time, people that were very fervent when they were young yeah. became just moms, dads, grandpa, grandma. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get in the RV. So they were forgetting the urgency of the times? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we once had a call. <laughs> yeah. And now we're holding on. And being a little bit, I remember back in the day when we were traveling as young disciples and preaching across the country, uh, we would wonder why these old saints would always just be singing about when they get to heaven. Uh And we would be thinking, boy, there's so much going on here right now. Why is that? You know, why are we singing about things that are far into that future? And uh, over time, you began to realize with time, we do get exhausted more. With time, we do um, uh, dissipate. It's part of the human struggle as we're all kind of moving in that direction. On the other hand, I find very few places in which people are inspired to be on the same adventure. You signed up for the adventure. It was one of sacrifice. It was one of calling. Sure. It was one that God gave to you that was not to be changed. And now we have the most important uh, part in it is that we have a lifetime of experience, both the good and the bad. Yes, yes, the yes. hey, I sat down when I sh- should have stood up, as well as <laughs> hey, I stood up and something great happened. Uh, whatever it is, and these young people that come around us in the droves are telling us, tell us the good and the bad. Yeah, exactly. Tell us how it is, which then you begin to realize, man, there's something really unusual stirring. So it is the beginning of something. I, I, there were so many years there where I didn't have that smell, that, that sense, that touch, that, that it was anything like uh, the Jesus movement. I assumed to some degree that maybe something else is going to have to happen or whatever. Sure. Then, not too many years back, it popped up again yep. with the same vibe, the same feeling. And now we have all this excess group of people that have learned the lessons of God who could contribute to those lives. And most of the time they're caught in some strata of the church where they don't have a voice. Sure. Yeah. And there's other components at work as well. We've, ta- we've talked a lot in the, so far in this program about the value of being a father and mother to nurture the young people, but you flip the coin on that as well. But the, because the, the, uh, senior seniors in the faith have a lot to share from experiences and successes and failures, but the young people have a level of enthusiasm and never say die uh, approach that mothers and fathers can learn from. So part of the the intimacy of the strategy of Holy Spirit is to to stir the fathers and mothers to to bring along the young people, but for the young people to stir and bring along the older set yes, as well. So true, Kaz. It's 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 unbelievable. We are poised to be able to have that army of elders, uh-huh. fathers and mothers, be able to just pour into the group and allow those young ones. That's what I'm feeling like. I go <laughs> off, you know, I'm bouncing around these different places. We, 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 uh, we put on these gatherings by faith. We're just traveling in different places. There's, you could be, you know, three, 400, 500, 800 people that just gather. Sure. Well, we don't by, the, by the way, you were in Texas yes, and we, you're going to be in, um, uh, in May, you're going to be in, uh, 
Oklahoma. O- Oklahoma. And yeah. things are always going on in San Diego County as well. I've yeah. been tracking you particularly in the San things Diego County. Things are happening all, over. all Al- over. Albuquerque and all the different little places we go. And then, of course, in Texas, that's where um, there's kind of almost a that's the largest part of the ministry is kind of right there. And we go out from there, but it's all in faith. It allows for people like me, I got some crust on me and a little bit of rust here and there, (laughs) you know, to knock off a little of that (laughs) and try and travel with these young guys. And all of a sudden I'm in an Airbnb with, you know, 20 young people. I'm trying to, go to bed because I'm an old guy (laughs) and they're singing worship songs downstairs and the spirit of God is saying, that's you, Ron. That was you when you were uh, 17 years old, you know, and I'm thinking, wow, you're right, God. And he's trying to say, I'm trying to stir in you that gift that was planted in you back then that this is your time. And I'm hoping that the older people throughout the world begin to say, we have a lot to learn, just like you said, and we have a lot to give. That's right. That's right. And, but if you have preconceived notions, you put your walls up. And, and when you, as soon as you put the walls up, you restrict your learning ability, but you also yeah. restrict your teaching ability. Yes. I'm not a good teacher. I'm not as good as that other guy. Yeah. Oh, well, what, what voice do I have? My wife's a perfect example. Uh-huh. And a uh, buddy of ours, Ron Torp, his wife, Karen, it just... They started it on the Thursday nights being kind of mothering rule to these mm-hmm. uh, 25-year-old you know, guy, ex-prison people. And they found this uh, beautiful place in which they were almost giving up on the body of Christ as to feeling like, I, do I have any importance besides yeah. dropping some money in that offering plate? Sure. Now they've become vitally important to the lives of these young people, and it's amazing to see them light up and, and, uh, and be so touched by what the young people say about them. Yes. Let me let me give the, this uh, website again for finding out more about this, because this is something that uh, you can be involved in a number of uh, church environments and things like that. But this is something that is going to give you perhaps a little different nuance, but it's also something that you can take with you into environments that you find yourself currently. And that uh, website is... Um, the Jesus Gathering.org, the Jesus Gathering.org, Ron. I, I, now, that's the one that's yeah. coming mostly, uh, it's coming out of Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, if people are also, there is the, uh, on uh, YouTube, there is the Jesus Movement 2.0. Okay. And that gives you a little bit of a foundation, a little further chit-chat about these kinds of things you and I are talking about. Uh, and um, then if people wanted to be uh, touch base with us locally, they could hit us up on, a, on some comments there or, uh, or get a hold of us through that. So that's the Jesus Movement 2.0? Yeah, on YouTube. Oh, okay, on YouTube. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. My listening friend, I, you, 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 a lot of you are saying, you know, in my heart of hearts, this feels right. You know, this feels right because, you know, we were raised and many have had uh, parental influence that has been positive. I can't say everybody, but many, at least to some degree. And you can say, God is calling us now to have that parental influence, the positive stuff, the godly, the God ordained stuff on the younger generation. And you may, you know, you may say, I don't have any kids. Yes, you do. Just look around. They may be your kids, your grandkids, or their friends. Yes, yes. And there's a shift beginning to happen where people are beginning to walk together in this as deep friends. 
and then therefore we could allow that that sort of top heavy type uh, of Christian ministry to dissipate and melt down uh, those walls between those layers and really allow each person to give to the body of Christ their particular gift honestly and genuinely. Yeah, one of the things I look at the church environment, uh, a lot of the gifts that are in the church are not used by the church. Uh, you, you know, I, I've known you for a long time. You've got a lot of skill sets. Uh, music is one. Uh, some athletics is one. Um, artwork has been one. And uh, a lot of times in a church environment, the people in the church say, uh, there's no room for that. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that God may be telling you to do is telling you to start a, a ministry tied to that and have this young person uh, be instrumental in making that come to pass. Yeah. Because God has really major plans for his church, particularly in these last days. Yes. And rather than one gift taking up 90% of the energy of, of, a, of a gathering, Allow that to melt down and begin to say, maybe I'm only 5%, and maybe there's the other rest of that is coming from the body. I love it, coming from the body. You know, in the next segment, Ron, I'd be so kind if it would be so kind if you'd join me talking about the, you know, the Jesus movement point of view, what the aftermath of then is, and how it relates to the now. So, my listening friend, uh, you need to know that God has a plan for you. Stay with us, and Ron and I will share more about what it might look like through this environment. Blessings. We'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hi, my friends. Uh, I know you're enthralled by this topic, and it is a commanding one, dealing with the things of the past uh, that were the good stuff that God was using that as a framework upon which to build into the present and future. A lot of times we can just be stuck on the original framework and forget about God's plans to use that as a stepping stone instead of an ending place. And so Ron Junkel is with me, and uh, he is one of the leaders of the Jesus Gathering, which is basically identifying the God stuff that was happening in the 60s and 70s, particularly in California and other areas, and uh, use that as a springboard rather than, and, you know, the end of the wall and going over that wall into other things. One of the things that we uh, have to come to realize is uh, a lot of times when we get into a, a movement, all of a sudden we stop and we go, okay, that movement is where I am now. And all of a sudden it's not a movement anymore. You're part of the blockage instead of earlier on, you were the one that was breaking that, Mm -hmm. uh, that free into new stuff. And all of a sudden you find yourself as part of the next generation blockage. And God doesn't want that to happen. God wants us to, to remember our first love. I guess that's a great scripture to remember our first love. Ron Junkold is going to talk a little bit more about that because he has experienced it. He does experience it and he wants to break that barrier and to us pulling the reins and say, stop, this is as far as I go. There's other solutions, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking earlier about history is we don't really use history. We look at the Old Testament, especially with the ups and downs. Sure. Then a king came in, he was a great guy. Then the next guy comes in, he was a total loser. You know, <laughs> you're trying to figure out what are we supposed to discern from this? Yes. Help us, Lord, try and figure this out. Well, now we have a movement that took place when I was young that's reappearing. Mm-hmm. 
in one generation, mm-hmm. which is so interesting to me because I thought, well, we're probably past this. And I think a lot of people kind of got disillusioned that came out of the Jesus movement that were kind of in there. It was exciting. It was fun. People were living, uh, you know, communally. And you saw people being saved regularly and people sure. were being back, baptized on a regular basis. Uh, you know, it wasn't like six months from now we'll get around to baptizing you. It was made by tomorrow. We'll, we'll get you in the water kind of a thing. People were encouraged to be creative. Uh, there was a lot of creativity. Those who are familiar certainly with the Orange County thing, uh, you know, with Chuck Smith, the music was powerful and anointed oh, yes. and unusual and so on and so forth. People were really taking their creative juices and pouring in to what God was doing and recognizing that this call has come down uh, from Abraham of, I want you to go somewhere. You don't even know where you're going. Sure. So here's the journey. Here's the adventure. I want to, I'm calling you somewhere, pick up and leave. And I'm not telling you where you're going. What kind of crazy thing are we following here? If we want to say that the Bible is the book that we want to try and um, hold on to and say, God is teaching us something through it, then recognize it. It's a book of history. Yes. And that we need to sort of say, what were the good parts and what were the bad parts? You know, we were talking earlier about, about uh, people, um, you know, coming into these churches just before I jumped into the Jesus movement. Uh, this would have been about 1969. I think, uh, I was in a little church. I mm-hmm. run off to get, to try to get away from all the crazy guys that saw me as the sort of the leader guy in our bad boy neighborhood. Um, and so I was trying to get away from those people who kept wanting to draw me back. And so I went off to go to school up in Northern California and I went to the little church you know, on the corner, the little white mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. that had enough seats for maybe 150 people. There were like 15, 20 in there. Uh, Assembly of God, wonderful pastory guy. I'm sitting there in the pew trying to figure out, boy, I wonder if this doesn't look like the Bible that I'm reading, but I'm good with it. Maybe this is it, being a good guy, a nice guy, mm-hmm. uh, being in the choir, so on and so forth. So I started doing that. Then I opened my home up. I had a little uh, apartment downtown, and I opened it up. Now, for how people. old were you at that time? I I was probably I might have been twenty, mm-hmm. and so I said, "Come on in." You know, the Holy Spirit was falling back in that day. The Holy Spirit was moving on people, mm-hmm. and stuff was happening. Sure. And so, in my little apartment, I've got wall to wall people jammed in my house. <laughs> you can barely you have to force the door closed. And so I go to my pastor and I say, man, I'm young in the Lord. I'm just a couple of years of the Lord. I have had no teaching from other people to help me understand it. Uh, so I'm just going the best I could do here. You're the wonderful friend and pastory guy. Come on over on Wednesday night and you minister, you teach, you preach. And he was all excited. He lit up, man. He just was so excited to hear about it. So he said, yeah, well, let's talk about it on Sunday. So I come running back on Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and he's all downtrodden. And I said, man, what's up? And he said, I can't, I can't come. What? Uh, I said, well, wait a minute. No one's coming here. I'm the only guy that could look like a hippie here. That looks like just <laughs> any kind of thing. I'm the only one in this whole building and no one's coming in. What happened? He went to the board. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah. He went to the board. The board, you know, that's what we were talking about—that eldership thing. Mm-hmm. 
that eldership thing has to be driven by people that are willing to sort of say, I don't know. Yes, there is a possibility we could be sued. There is this possibility. There's a million possibilities. Sure. Uh, but if we're driven by that, we're not tasting of that thing that happened in 1969 uh, where the spirit of God was moving on people and miraculous things were happening. Then we adjust down for, oh, my God, there might be a lawsuit, so to speak, which I don't know that that was their beef. Uh, But we start being frightened about things. And before you know it, we retreat retreat to where we're all safe, but nothing's going on. You know, I think that... You fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but do not fear the other things because that's the beginning of the, your fall, your downfall. <laughs> you go to the end, yeah. <laughs> so, so being fearful about the things that perhaps Holy Spirit has inspired you to activate and you're fearful about it, you're going the wrong direction. And yes. one of the things we need to be aware of is, you, you know, a lot of these people may have been leaders of leaders in the early days, and now they're on a board of directors environment. And they go, oh, we need to pull the reins on this, 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 and this, and this could happen. Yes. But God's saying, no, no, no. Open it up through Holy Spirit. And if Holy Spirit is driving it, Holy Spirit is also going to be able to solve it as yes. well. Yeah. And, and so one of our challenges in the church environment today is to still have that desire to be open to things, to be open to things. Um, maybe if you are one of those people going out and finding a, uh, a house church environment, or here's a thought, maybe beginning one yourself like you did. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And we need those, those older brethren uh, to realize how important those little nurturing areas are. Uh, the house church, you know, small, but, you know, the, we, we pack in in our little house church scenes, you know, up to maybe 75, 80 people in a small yeah. house. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like people have big mansions or anything like that. So it is possible, but we've, we've got to want it. Mm-hmm. And the problem with Christianity and not looking at history sure. is that the one generation was inspired, excited on an adventure, ready to go, building the wall. The next generation was, you know, laid back, uh, kind of going, oh, man, what's the point, so on and so forth. And they begin to get kind of uh, negative, if not sinful, altogether. Wow. That seems to be the the process, the excitement and the enthusiasm, and then it gets toned down, and then somebody else starts stirring it up, and it gets toned down. If we understand history and understand that those things are going to happen, if we're in the toned-down mode, we have to realize that we're on the wrong side of the equation there, and God wants us to uh, step out and uh, activate. So. And one of the ways of that activation is what we've been exploring ourselves is how do we begin to have leadership through friendship rather than that leadership through organizational structure. And we're finding that brothers are now walking together for 15, 20, 25, up to 50 years. Yes. I spent a number of my uh, my my uh, years of my life trying to help the people that were in the Jesus movement when I was in it and help them come back sure. and, and restore their, their relationships, which many have. It's sure. so, so wonderful. Uh, so it's important that we begin to, um, to see that there is a way out of this, but it, it, it is going to require us being able to be able to talk honestly, be friends sure. as we walk along and not just find little uh, discrepancies or little hassles between one another and then find that you're over here, I'm over there, and Nary the Twain shall meet. Sure. Well, you, you know, my friend, I think many that are listening to the show may identify as the father and mother characters or individuals, and God wants you not only to be a father and mother individual, but he wants you to be flexible and to allow 
allow the younger generation with whom you're ministering mm-hmm. to help inspire you into bigger and better yes. things as well. You know, Ron, in the next segment, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but also we're going to focus on the youth of today. And a lot of these young people have just bits and pieces of the truth, or they have just delved within the environment a little bit, the, the godly environment, and they need to find their way back home, but they need to find their way back home from mature people yeah. that are not willing to j- just say, close the door, this is how it must be. Yep. Because we're in a growing state right now, the church needs to be the church, and we need to hear and obey, and it's going to look different than perhaps we've ever seen it look before. We'll talk more about that, Ron, if you don't mind, when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Welcome back to the second hour of Come Together San Diego. And a topic that is really near and dear to you if you've been a, a saint for any length of time because cycles continue. God uses cycles to instruct his kids. And uh, the beginning of the cycle oftentimes looks different than the end of a cycle. And uh, many of you who have been around for a while may be at the end of your cycle and God is beginning another cycle, but you don't want to use this as a stopping ground for you, but as to launch out using what God has given you and to help the next cycle that is beginning be empowered to be even bigger and better than the cycle before. Mm-hmm. Ron Junkel is with me and we're we're uh, talking about this uh this, this uh, topic, uh, he has been involved intimately with a ministry outreach called the Jesus Gathering. Ron, um, you you know you understand the values of the late '60s, early '70s because it was new and refreshing, and that cycle has concluded or is concluding and this next cycle is beginning the people who are at the end of the cycle have some lessons to learn as to not curtail those who are coming in behind them i want to talk a little bit about that and uh, we're going to be referring to my listening friend referring to different websites that you can go to find out more about the, the whole idea of what Jesus wants to do now using the yesteryear as a springboard into the present day times and beyond. Mm-hmm. And a couple website um, websites I'm going to have you give, but before we do, I want to give you my uh, email a- address so that you can communicate with me and find out more about what's going on uh, here at uh, Come Together San Diego by emailing me. Let me give you the email address for me, and then you can... Uh, Follow that email address and send me a note and say, love what you're doing, Kaz. Hate what you're doing. Here's a recommendation for a show or here's how I would adjust your point of view on a few things. I'm listening. I'm listening. That uh, email address for me is, make note of this, Come Together San Diego. (laughs) That's the name of the show. All squished together. Come Together San Diego at kprz.com. Come together, San Diego at kprz.com. That'll connect you with me. Uh, Drop me a line. Give me some insights. I'm listening. So, Ron, you've got a few websites we mentioned throughout the show. I guess it would be a good time now to talk about those. Well, we've got, uh, as far as following this basic conversation, we've been trying to, um, there's a number of of little pieces on uh, the YouTube channel, the Jesus Movement 2.0. Yeah. 
so you'll get a little broader uh, uh, picture on that of the the wineskins. Sure, and then and then the more national point of view as well. Was it the JesusGathering.org? Was that it? Yes, the JesusGathering.org is coming out of Texas, and uh, and. Uh, the Texas thing is is kind of cool. It has to do with what we're t- where we're going here. Yes. Yeah. Is that um, myself and another older brother, uh, uh, John Rutke, who we've been pals for a long time, um, have this younger disciple mm-hmm. who is sincere and genuine, and he was working in the inner city in uh, Boston. And we would go out and visit and help and um, journey with him and stay encouraged and so on and so forth. Well, now he's a uh, you know just a full partner in, in kind of kind of running things in general uh, because he's got so many gifts and it's been precious to see that the, what God is doing is built on that kind of foundation where you're making room for the young one or who has especially who has a heart and an interest for those that are hurting and struggling and that they make fantastic leaders and that you can bring them right up through uh, through the whole process through friendship sure. and, and, and fatherhood. Sure. You know, one of the dangers uh, in this present day environment is being too technically minded, too mm-hmm. technically minded, you know, uh, fog machines and, uh, you know, dynamic uh, video presentations yes. and lights and actions and, and uh, camera, <laughs> lights, action and camera, that, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, and while there's a place for that, uh, if you base your entire ministry on that, it's becoming uh, focusing on the spectacular mm-hmm. instead of the simplicity wherein the gospel was originally derived and God wants us all to, always to go back to the simplicity of the issue because uh, the greatest learning probably is in the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. Yes, because that's who we've chosen to follow mm-hmm. is the pattern of Jesus Christ. There you go. Who was so simple and so genuine that when the disciples said, hey, don't let those little kids come in here. They're going to mess up the, the schedule. Uh, they're liable <laughs> well, to talk too analogy. much and be running around a lot. So and so forth. Jesus said, let the little ones come to me uh-huh. for such is the kingdom of heaven. He's he's completely the opposite way of the very followers he had there that were learning from him day by day. And scripture is so wonderful by leaving those stories in there. That's why I know it's so true. <laughs> it's yeah. because you realize anybody who's writing a book trying to sell you on an idea, they're not going to leave all the bad stuff in there, all the stuff that seems like, my gosh, why did they say that? Or hadn't they learned more by that time? Or, But I'm able to identify with it and go, boy, I see that myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's it's something else. But we have right now kind of chosen since there was a lull from 19, you know, I, I think after about 1978 or so, the, the movement had pretty much um, imploded. Everybody was every man for himself. A couple little groups that kind of went on from it uh, that sort of had a good base and so on and so forth. But in general, um, the movement kind of waned. And people were a little bit kind of um, confused. They were all fired up, and then everything didn't happen as planned. And um, it did take a lot of sacrifice, traveling and ministering and preaching and doing all these things. You can't just let the the pastor guy do it. So you you know you realize that it's a body of Christ kind of a thing. But it also takes that dedication at that level. So many people, once they were a little bit, you know, they were all gung ho. 
the calling was there, they were ready to rock. But then when the storms of life came, uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of like the seeds that were dropped. Sure. They began to wither. And I saw so many of the older folks begin to just settle for a place to sit in a spot that was kind of warm on Sunday. Uh, My listening friend, I think this is a good junction right now to communicate with you. If you feel like uh, part of your Christian faith is... born in disillusionment. In other words, you had all these great, great big ideas. And you remember as a young person, you thought, well, we can do this and we can do that. And you revisit your life and you go, a lot of those things really haven't come to pass. I'm just going to kind of sit in this uh, comfortable mode and not take a step out. So I, I guess one of the things we want to talk about now, I'm going to hand the baton to you to talk about a little bit more, helping those, not only the youth, but the, the people that are have some level, level of uh, maturity, finding their way back home to the home ground of simplicity of Jesus, simplicity of the gospel, simplicity of being uh, attentive to Holy Spirit and uh, uh, tread his paths instead mm-hmm. of our own or being disillusioned and dissatisfied and just sit as a lump in a chair in a church environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be critical for us uh, because of these older saints have such an important role to play. Mm-hmm. But we have to begin to review and ask what our calling was and begin to actively pray into that and uh, seek where that's going. Otherwise, we fall in pray to this thing of burying your treasure. Now, that buried treasure yeah. thing is not the good thing that's in the fairy tales. The buried treasure in this one is Jesus said, I didn't give you that treasure to bury it and mm-hmm. give it back to me the same way that it was. Mm-hmm. That's, not, well, that's, good. that's not the good thing. The buried yeah. treasure idea is not good there. Um, so I think helping people to realize they have that treasure, the calling is still alive and well, but how do you help the group you're in, I always mm-hmm. talk with with people when they talk with me of, man, I've been, I was trying, I got stuck, now I'm kind of just sitting here and so on and so forth. I, my main question when the person says, what do you feel about what I'm doing? I said, do you have a voice? Have a voice in your fellowship. Go in and speak to those that are leading and guiding. If it's all smoke machines or, or lighting, blinking lights and things like that, is that necessary? Especially is that necessary every time? And is it necessary for me to know that there's going to be three songs and then there's going to be an Mm -hmm. hour long thing by Mm -hmm. a certain person? Or could there be more spontaneity Mm -hmm. involved Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth and help create this thing that you're hungry for? Sure. Well, you know, the term oftentimes is smoke and mirrors, you know, smoke Mm -hmm. and mirrors. And the young people, basically, uh, they're drawn to that because they don't know anything different. And so when things are smoke and mirrors, as an older person, you go, you know, I can tell you because we've moved into this uh, complacent thing where we're trusting on... uh, mechanisms to bring people in instead of allowing Holy Spirit to bring us in. There's much more to this, and uh, it's encouraging young people to be whom they've been called to be, but it's also the mature generation to listen on that and to change their point of view to being uh, uh, more flexible as well. And all of a sudden you have a, a, a 
a generation that is a combination of the old and the new. Yes, you know, absolutely. And, and so the way it ought to you be. Know, we have to take a break in just a moment, but I, I think we're on a good roll here talking about uh, the friendship of the older generation and the younger generation, how to build and rebuild those relationships because each one has something magnificent for the other. We'll talk more about that, Ron, when we come right back. Amen. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Hello, my friends, my co-host and friend Ron Junkel with the Jesus Gathering is with me. And we're not only having fun revisiting our past, and many of these things could be reflective of your past as well if you've been a Christian for some time, but we're also looking into the now and new and one of the things that uh, is a danger of losing when you are on this long-time trek is not continuing to rebuild relationships, not only with the people in your immediate structure, but also mm-hmm. reaching out and building relationships with a different younger generation. And in so doing, there is great empowerment, um, but it, it must use the Investment and investment of the Holy Spirit. And Ron just mentioned in the break, he said, Holy Spirit inter- intervention can be messy. Mm-hmm. Well, messy is okay yeah. in, in this manner of speaking. So talk about uh, a little bit about rebuilding relationships, not only with the people with whom you're familiar, but also reaching out and maybe even a different generation and how messy that can be, but how Holy Spirit uses messiness. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, there's a scripture that talks about um, if there was no ox in the stall, the stall would be clean, but there is much to be gained by the uh, power of the ox. Yes. And so this, you know, whatever the stall, whatever the church environment is, if you have an ox there, the ox is going to make a mess. But within that mess yeah. are the keys to Holy Spirit Success. Yes, yes. If we're expecting always the perfect cleanliness that's there, <laughs> we're not recognizing what, how the Holy Spirit is is uh, uh, reflected in Scripture. Uh, of course, you're the poster child for this. What I consider to be one of the most important things now in the body of Christ, and that is the pollinator, the oh. person who is not in one place but moves about. That used to be called the church hopper. Oh my! And I think uh, there was some credence to that. Uh, if you're trying to escape some mm-hmm. sense of mm-hmm. responsibility, uh, I get it. But I've found that more often those people bring the pollen of another group and say, wow, you know, our young people that are here in San Diego area go to anything that moves. You know, if they feel that the Holy Spirit's going on at some place that they're all on the network telling everybody about it and wanting to meet there. And for me at 75, I'm like, I can't go to all this stuff, but you feel you feel for it because they're asking you, hey, are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? You know, and so on and so forth. So it's it's a wonderful, joyous experience in the body of Christ. Um, but uh, the, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit is like the wind mm-hmm. and we we can sort of hear it moving through the trees, but we don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. Well, that's a good verse. Yes. I think it's, it's in John somewhere. So we're sort of stuck yeah. going, just like with Jesus, is is it Jesus we're following, the one who allowed uh, him to have in his group a devil? Mm, yes. What? What? I mean, this, this Jesus we're following is, is spectacularly unusual. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the Holy Spirit 
It's like the wind. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. Well, who wants to live that way? Well, we were living that way in the late 60s, early 70s, and it did something spectacular. It built a whole move of God that was really very special. Yeah, yeah, and there was yeah. nothing to it besides just following that wind. And, but as you you know the scripture, in, uh, John, I think, is maybe even chapter 1, it says, as the wind blows to and fro, no one knows where it goes and no one knows where it comes. But here's the key part of that. Such are those who are born of God's Holy yes. Spirit. You, you want to be born of God's Holy Spirit, you have to, you have to engender this uh, blowing of the wind, not only in your own lifestyle, but yes. also within what Holy Spirit tells you to do. That gives you flexibility. That means the devil has no clue on how to defend against you because the Holy Spirit, no one knows where it's going or coming. That someone uh, doesn't know where it's going or coming. That someone can include the devil himself. And yeah. so the devil doesn't know how to build uh, a wall against your your uh, anointing or yeah. what you're doing because Holy Spirit is breathing on you and that wind is telling you, this is the way, walk therein. And the enemy has no clue about that. Yes. And you want to make major inroads in God's plans for his church through you. Listen to the wind. Listen to yes. the power of God's yes. Holy Spirit. And there's a, we've, we've got to realize something, is that where the Holy Spirit is removed, if we get frightened of the Holy Spirit, which many people yes, do, yes, and, and, yes. And, the, and certainly you saw that in the Jesus Revolution movie, mm-hmm. oh, exactly. there was a conflict of which one is going to dominate here, the teaching or the Holy Spirit side. I would... My overview of that thing is that both sides had a great deal to learn, and it could have been learned through deeper friendship. Oh, that's good. And that if we had had the ability to converse rather than to debate, if we'd had the ability to be able to really honor one another, you could really have the thing flow more freely uh, and begin to um, bring more voices into the conversation. Uh, Because I've never seen a, a powerful move of God without that leg of the stool sure you know and then we try and put other things in for that that third leg of the stool rather than that it's the holy spirit the holy spirit is very unusual i get it that anything could be overdone sure it's easy to spot it with the holy spirit thing uh you know because you can kind of feel like hey is this guy doing doing that same thing tonight over and over again you know and so and so forth but it's very hard for people to see the same thing with teaching sure Sure. That we could have our own selfish ambition. As a minister, it's good for us to talk about the idea of how intoxicating it is to be the one individual who stands up and ministers sure. over for a couple of hours and all the people listen. But how do we give other people that opportunity, sure. whatever that might be? If we're as fixated on the one as the other, we're liable to find some of the answers to this church experience. And how do we really begin to see ourselves as one people? So that the friendships you make, just like us. Sure. I look forward to being able to be with you the next time because we float past each other. Yeah, we, we do. Uh, we, we have a, you could feel that, that wind blows oh, by so yes, uh, right. as we walk together. And it's a sweet thing and you look forward to it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that also brought to mind another component. You know, in scripture, if you love the Bible, you know, there's two of several elements that are involved intimately in the Bible. And one of them is dealing with the law. One of them is dealing with the prophets. Uh, let's uh, use this as an analogy. The law would be the lawgivers, the person that are standing up there declaring God's word, and they have this captive audience, and they're ministering to this captive audience. That is a the law portion of this. But the but the spirit 
driven side the, or the prophet is a person that listens to power of Holy Spirit and they exude uh, Holy Spirit nuances that make the people that are law based uncomfortable but God has the law and the prophets as vital parts of his scripture so as we learn if we are law tendent you know tendent, have a tendency in the preaching teaching mode uh, we need to have an equal balance yes. of the prophetical mode of the Holy Spirit direction and then all of a sudden there's balance in the body of Christ and, and that, the ability yeah. to communicate about those things Kev. yeah yeah that's what's so cool with Matt out in Texas and John Rutke and myself out here uh, it is such a sweet experience with one another sure. we are completely different from one another and i suppose <laughs> sure. matt is probably more similar to john but we are like almost polar opposites sure. which would normally create a giant split of some kind mm-hmm. and we've been walking together for 20 years yep with the ability to converse about these things the ability to be able to uh, you know I, I came more and more clearly understanding that without the power of the holy spirit things cannot um it's very hard for the the Holy Spirit to fall if we won't let him. Sure. You know, and on the other hand, I began to see the weakness in the teaching thing of it could end up being um, using all the oxygen <laughs> and not really making much room for anyone else. Well, that's right. And then so unless true. we begin to function as a family and that those of you that are in the audience now uh, listening if you used to be a street preacher, you used to be able to go into your neighbors and you used to be able to minister to people, start doing it. Sure. You know, and hang with people who are willing to discuss uh, things about the spirit and that they long for one another. I like being with the brothers that have different points of view than oh, me. Oh, absolutely. I've been with you and John Rutke in many meetings before that you guys have led. And you, you got our... Uh, significant contrast one with another and John is really he, he, he likes to declare things and preach from the, the word of God and things like that and Ron's you, I see you come and what are you my my friends who are in this congregation what is God telling you now so that that adds the the this prophetic perspective as well as the word driven perspective together and it is a remarkable blend and Holy Spirit definitely has his way in the midst of that it's kind of like listening to the blowing of the wind and going uh, a different direction and I think over the years your partner John has learned to acquiesce to your points of view and you've learned to acquiesce to his and what a wonderful balance it really has been sweet yeah so my listening friend uh, we're concluding on this segment we're going to talk a little bit about really comes down to the simplicity of the Holy Spirit and and Mm -hmm. dwelling within that because within Holy Spirit is the answer to the world's challenges, especially in a church environment, especially in an environment with you being a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because more than ever before, God wants you to be in tandem with your brother and sister in Christ and uh, hear what he is saying and balance the law side with the prophetical side and see what God does because God's got big things in store and he can't fulfill it without Y-O-U. That's right. The times are upon us. Yes. We'll talk more about that. Man up, everybody. Yeah, we'll talk more (laughs) about that soon. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. 
Welcome back, my friends. <laughs> I'm just loving this show. Now, Ron Junkel's a guy who speaks my language, and in many ways I speak his as well, so it's good to revisit one another. We've been, you know, we talk about having long-lasting relationships, and Ron is one of those with me, and uh, I have an opportunity to track his heart cry and his goings, and he is inspirational to me. I, I've observed his the Jesus movement involvement that he has had through the years, and uh, it's remarkable seeing uh, God's character through him impact what's going on in this city, state, nation, and world. And Ron's uh, tied to the Jesus gathering and tied to the Jesus movement of times past, let's say this mid to late 60s and 70s and beyond. Uh, so we're talking a lot about how God wants to restore the uh, the innovative components to that and not just uh, the run of the mill be a church. It's be God's church, which is a different complexion. Ron, uh, we've had some fun talking about a lot of different things. We've talked about uh, uh, the young person and the older person, the fathers and mothers in the ch- in the church environment, and the young people being intertwined again in these days. We've talked a little bit about those who are pro- claiming the word, uh, commanding the, an audience and having them sit tight and listen to every word. And then the, the other component is the uh, s- uh, spirit-driven or prophetical side where where Holy Spirit stirs. And it's not a single person up there. It's, it, it's a person uh, proclaiming what God gives them at the moment and God entwining both ca- categories of people together. But, you know, uh, I, I'd like to spend some time on now on what what makes that kind of environment possible. You mentioned during the break, worship is a major key. Mm-hmm. And it's not just here's some songs of pre-written stuff, but it's worship based on what Holy Spirit is telling you at the moment. I'm going to hand the baton to you and share a little bit about the role you think uh, worship plays in returning to God's simplicity. Yes, yes. Uh, when I speak to those who have a, 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 that worship-type gift, uh, I speak to them from being a, an artist uh, myself. Uh, and I, that was what I did as, as my tent-making. And um, I would also just say, as an aside, in general, our ministry is almost all tent-makers, so we have a very, very small footprint on the body of Christ and, and, and lots of stuff to be able to give to those that are in need. Um, so that's kind of cool. But for us to be able to find the answers to these things, you know, I know that different things could be abused. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole prophetic thing, you can get the guy who's you know, yeah. coming off crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, same way with the teaching thing, you can get the guy who thinks he knows everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've... We've even had the Bible answer man, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, who kind of has to know everything and can't really just say, I don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I would like to feel like we as believers could enjoy each other and the other person's answer would not always have to be the answer, but it could be that I don't know. That's um, so good. And yes. I love walking together with brethren who are in that kind of a heart. And I think that's what precedes that is true ministers of worship, not yeah, I have the hardest time with the musicians. I'll just give you a, I'll give you a little side of, of, an, of the real experience of this. I had a buddy who was a professional um, musician, great guitarist, 
wrote songs that we would remember from the surf music days back in the 60s, so on and so forth. was on a worship team at a large church in my community for 10 years. He's over at my house for lunch. We're talking. We're old friends. Uh, And I said, hey, how often do you and your team take to just worship together? Mm. Was there a blank stare at that time? Yep. (laughs) He, He was as if he'd never even thought about it. I said, man, this has to be something, you know, that's real inside of you together. You should begin to be as creatively interesting as possible. Begin to search. Go, 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 guy. So he went and spoke to, you know, he's been in there 10 years. He's still not the main guy Mm -hmm. because there's only so many rooms for these paid positions and so on and so forth. Uh, But he goes and asks He's that kind of guy, which was kind of cool. I mean, he saw his error that he just wouldn't hit on the guy and said, hey, could we take a time of just us worshiping? And the, 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 the worship leader mm-hmm. said, we don't have time for that. Mm. So it has to be practicing songs that we sing that fit with the moment that the minister's coming out within that, you know, downbeat. And then he's, boom, there he is you know, and so on and so forth. And we sort of somehow have sort of scrubbed all of the beauty of that. Shouldn't it be worshipers who take us into worship as opposed to technicians? And I find it very, very difficult. It's very much the same with the volume. If the volume is always cranked up in order to try and get the emotions of youth or whatever, we don't begin to understand the value of of silence. Oh, my Yes. Do prophecies have to come in old uh, old King James English? <laughs> I don't know, Ron. Thou knowest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could it be a poem? Uh-huh, yeah. And we've been encouraging some of these young people to come along, and we have had some of these beautiful words of, of kind of free verse. and But they don't feel... It's kind of like with the preacher thing. You come out of Bible school, you want a full-time job mm-hmm. and you want it about the Bible. So you go audition at a church and and that's your only option. But it's not. Yeah. You know, you can begin to do the things of God, begin to trust him and see these things happen. And then with the worship, you have to trust that it's not just whether you're a good singer. I would rather hear a person singing somewhat off key. But from the heart of God. With a genuine heart. Yes brings tears to your eyes. The other thing can too, but it just gets overinflated with the, the technical side of it. Sure. Kind of like church does. If mm-hmm. you start with the, with the smoke machines, it, it gets overly technical and you lose that simplicity of Jesus. Just simply walking along the, oh the, the, the side of the road and saying, look at that bush over there. That's like the kingdom of God. Oh yes. Yes. Oh, that's so good. You know, in a, in a church environment, you made mention of uh, the worship team's mandate is to have the music fit the sermon so that the transition from worship into the ministry is parallel with one another. And it sets the stage for the minister to minister whatever word he has uh, studied and prepared during that week or whatever. And we do that with with the home groups. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we just sort of say whatever the pastor said on Sunday, that's what we'll do in the home group, which doesn't leave any room for these people that are mature and probably have a word or a thought. 
And we can never call it a church in someone's home like the Bible does. <laughs> God, for God forbid. Oh, oh you know, it always has to be the Wednesday sure. you know, service or well, something. Uh, you know, I and, and you've discovered this as well. Uh, every once in a while, you have a pastor or leader. We, we say the worship needs to fit the sermon. But sometimes you think God might say, I want the sermon to fit the worship. In other words, so, yeah. so let's say you be, begin with worship and it's heartfelt worship, and all of a sudden it's a theme, it's a biblical theme, but the pastor didn't have that on his to-do list. Yes. But the pastor is well-versed enough in Scripture where he can say, you know, I believe we, what you're ministering right now is the with the directive of Holy Spirit. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pattern my verbal presentation, my ministry around the yes. worship and the Holy Spirit's driving of the, the worship. That's talking about the wind listing to and fro and nobody knows where it goes, but we have to be in tandem one with another. And all of a sudden you've got a church like Holy Spirit has his say in a church environment, which sometimes really doesn't happen in a, a, a staunch predetermined church environment. Yes. And as an artist, especially as an artist, I do collage pieces, large collage pieces uh, that are made up of hundreds and maybe sometimes thousands of little smaller elements. Yes. And as an artist, I look at the Christian church and think it's one of the most boring and dry <laughs> kind of places as far as there being any creativity. And I'm sorry if it seems like I, I really don't mean to be a basher of any kind. No, no. It's just that over all of my years to see that the best we've come up with is that most church buildings look the same. Most <laughs> church experiences the are the same. Yeah. You mm -hmm. can pretty much guess what's going to happen each time. Whereas Jesus, you'd have no idea what was going to happen exactly. the next time. You, and you, have no, you have no idea where it's going to happen as well. So, I mean, it could be in a field. It could be in a, a synagogue or sanctuary environment. Uh, it could be walking along a road. It could be standing yep. at a cliff. When people look at my artwork, I love it when they have to. There's going to be the people that watch, look at it for five minutes. Look at it for 10 minutes and look at it for half an hour. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in there oh, that there they would is. completely miss if they walk by, glance at it, move yeah. on and wonder why it's worth $10,000. Yes, know? exactly. My listening friend, I hope you're uh, enthralled by this topic. And a lot of the stuff that Ron and I have been talking about, you've witnessed. And some of it you may have perpetrated yourself. Yep, yep. We're going to talk more about these things in the last segment. And one of the things I like to do in the last segment is bring everything together and use this as a uh, call to action for you, my listening friend, because now is indeed, Ron, a call to action. We're going to talk about that and what you can do all about it when Ron Junkel and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Welcome back, my friends. This is the last segment. And uh, we're, this is the time in the show where we set a topic, and this is the time where we summarize everything, but we also uh, give our listening friends an opportunity for a call to action. And let me just say about, we've talked about the uh, the times where a church environment is new and fresh, and a lot of times in the, in the uh, 
late 60s and 70s, there were a lot of new and fresh things happening there that became part of the church thereafter. Um, but then there's a cycle that goes on that you're part of the, the change and all of a sudden then you're part of the system. And God has to bring somebody else in this part of the change and they become part of the system. I mean, it seems like a, an ongoing cycle. We want to figure out how God might want to break that in these days. We've talked in the last segment about the value of worship, uh, spirit prescribed worship, and that really is a key. I'm going to hand the baton back to Ron to help close this segment. And uh, at, throughout this, you may want to mention the website and the YouTube site as well, Ron. But, uh, the, you know, the, we in there, our past, we've had important things, but I think there's nothing more important than the days we find ourselves right now. And that means we need to be vital in our home, our relationship with the Holy Spirit yes. and through that relationship with our own dynamics of people, but also the younger people as well. Mm. Talk about those things. Yeah, we each have our our part to play yep. here. We are, as I said earlier, we have had this unique opportunity to have a massive worldwide move of God happen in our lifetimes. Many of us I'm sure many of you out there were part of that experience or the edges of it or are right in the thick of it. And we have it now passing by a second time, which is so rare and unusual. We really need to kind of get a hold of that and realize, wow, there's something stirring and not just allow it to be that, hey, some kids at the college got excited and and. and prayed for longer than we thought was wonderful. Yeah, that, that happened recently. Yes. yes. But how do we maintain that kind of vibe? And I think it is that we begin to prepare our hearts. What was happening there was they prepared their hearts and worship. Good. But the worship was meant now to carry over and begin to uh, uh, create uh, a, a difference. Um, we just had the gathering in Texas um, right there at Texas A&M and, yeah. and all the guys uh, and gals came from the college and it was just packed out, uh, you know, top to bottom, uh, jamming people into homes and into barns and everything like this, <laughs> just because there's such an interest mm-hmm. and an excitement in it. So here's the young people. They're ready to play. The question would be, how are we ready to be able to say, Lord, show us some aspect of that movement or is there some way we could take part? And that's going to mean everybody kind of from top to bottom. And, and I think that uh, as we begin to break away from singing songs about God, and mm-hmm. oftentimes about ourselves as a congregation or ourselves as a person, which isn't bad at all. It's a wonderful thing. But if we can get to that place where we say, Lord, anoint me. And allow me to give a prophetic word in song or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but allow me to be a little more creative in um, how I apply my life because it could change the life of others. Yes. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, that's right. And sometimes it can be a song of us to the Lord from our heart. Yeah. And sometimes Holy Spirit will say, I want now I want uh, I want to answer your plea from God's perspective, yeah. I mean, that can be dangerous, a, 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 a frightening thing to somebody who has never let God speak to and through them mm-hmm. uh, in, in this kind of worship environment. But God wants to not only have us speak to him, he wants to answer. A lot of times we, we in our worship and praise, we go, God, what about this or what about that? Yeah. And, we, and we go, okay, now it's the next song. No, what happens if God wants to answer? We need to give him a platform to answer what our plea is. Yes. And it's, it, it's across the boards. We had a gathering coming up where we were 
figuring it was probably going to be, you know, maybe 300 people coming sure. to it. Mm-hmm. It ended up being, I think, 800 people Why? coming or something like that. Uh, a week or two before the gathering itself, me and John and Matt got together on a quick phone call and said, what do you sense the spirit wants to do? Now, this is just before a gathering of that magnitude mm-hmm. with no, no, no goodie bags, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, no binders, <laughs> yeah. nothing needed. Mm-hmm. Just what do we want God to do? We knew we wanted to touch him in worship and just to give ourselves to him. But what else? You know, I just mentioned, hey, you know, would, would it be good to wash, wash people's feet? Oh, my. And when you're talking about that many people, sure. how do you do it? I know. Even logistically. Mm-hmm. Seems impossible. <laughs> the beautiful part was people started getting in line to do it. And they, we had a certain amount of basins and a certain amount of towels and so on and so forth. And they began to share. And they stood in line to walk up and slowly but surely get their little thing and go out. Oh my. And they were encouraged to, if you wash the foot of a friend, then find someone who you don't know. Yep. You know, and so on and so forth. And how could, I think a lot of times we're kind of caught logistically thinking, no, we have to be more technological. We, mm-hmm. we have to have all the problems solved no. in advance. No. We so on and so forth. We have to know what that person's going to say before they get up there, this and that. But we don't require that of the main dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Whatever he says is cool, yeah. but everybody else has to kind of go under the microscope. You know, it, it's just tricky. Sure. And you were encouraging me before sort of saying, hey, I'm sure you've learned things about your own behavior. Man, I saw myself as part of an evangelistic team. And uh, we were living down by a river out in the the Redwoods. And uh, I was going to teach them how to do some evangelism. So we went down along the river and there's a fisherman out there. Uh, fishing along the river and I'm thinking, oh, this is perfect. I'll show them how it's done. So I go over there and start in with the guy about how his line is tangled. And so it's because he had a tangled line. Just the cheesiest analogy. Oh, the Uh cheesiest. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe myself when I was finished because I had instant condemnation. Oh, my. Mm And I just felt like, oh, man, I didn't love this guy. Yeah. I was showing these guys something that was completely the opposite (laughs) of what I was doing. (laughs) So I felt bad about it. But that's if we're in an environment among older brothers, ministers and prophets and teachers and so on and so forth, then we're able to talk like this. Yeah, exactly. Just go, oh, goodness gracious. I need you guys. We need each other and so on and so forth to make this happen and then inspire the worshipers to keep us in a place yeah. of deep worship mm-hmm. so that we can understand what heaven is going to be like it, where that worship is going on 24 seven. Yes. So Ron, we're coming to an end of the show. So I'll revisit the uh, YouTube and the website if you would, and then we're going to give a call to action to our listeners. Okay. We're on, uh, we're on YouTube at, uh, at uh, where the Jesus at? movement. Oh, yeah, Two. Uh, Jesus Movement 2.0. Yeah. You can tell how much I'm into that side of it. <laughs> yeah, yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, and then the JesusGathering.org is, uh, is coming out of Bryan, Texas, and that gives you a little understanding. They, they kind of field most of the stuff that's going out here. Sure. The first one is more local, so you can get a hold of us and touch base with us. And we want to be inspiring to people. We're not asking for anything. So it is something where we we look forward to hearing from you. 
Yes. Now, I, I wanted you to be thinking about taking a moment or two. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes left in this in this uh, segment for the closing segment. And I want you to envision the people that are listening. Okay. A lot of them uh, can experience this. There are probably fewer people that are real, real young in the Lord. Most of them have had some mm-hmm. level of maturity. I want you to minister to these people with a call to action uh, yes. where, where they are and maybe where God is leading them into the future as it relates yes. to Holy Spirit. Well, the Lord, the Lord has given you the call. Uh, that could be something very simple or something very magnificent, but we're supposed to treat each one exactly the same. Uh, I would pray that each person who is listening here would be inspired to retouch the gift that God once gave you. Mm-hmm. Retouch what it is that drove you in your earliest days, not just the youthful excitement, but the part that was driven by the Spirit of God that made you really, really want to tell others about him and to join together with others in the pursuit of the Lord. Draw yourself more deeply into a creative experience. Cause yourself to be among friends to where you can allow those things to happen honestly and allow others to be able to speak into those things. Yes, yes, yes. That you begin to start spreading the oneness of God's people and that you begin to be encourager in every direction and not just riding it out until the time that we pass away and hope for the best in heaven. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. And God's kids said amen. Ron Junkel, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, I've been looking forward to it because you're an old friend. It's nice to catch up. Mm-hmm. But uh, to remember the calling that God has given you is to inspire, inspire other people like me and our listening friends right now. So many people come and yep. say, hey, we've never heard this. Yes. Well, we my listening it. friend, it's about time for Ron and I to go away. But just know that Come Together San Diego's purpose is to bring people together to hear Holy Spirit and obey. See you next week. God bless you. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.